Hello and welcome to another action-packed A Star to Steer Her By. How else does the rest of this go? That's probably it, right? <laughs> who are this we? Is, uh, who the fuck knows? It's just, it's so exhausting. Does anyone know who they are anymore? No one. Mm. No one knows. I know that we are covering Deep Space Nine. What episode and, number is it, Ames? 172. Woo! Woo! Holy cow, it's so much. So much Deep Space Nine. Uh, as like... usual, I am Ames. Caitlin goes next. Oh shit, I'm so sorry. Please try again. No, keep it. It's all fucking great. Uh, this... this, as usual, this is Ames. As you've come to expect, this is Caitlin. Jake. And Chris. <laughs> Oh, poor Jake. Yeah, we just we just got through about a full hour of cursing and swearing at the microphones because we are still doing the socially distancing recording, which comes with its own brand of challenges from all the tech. So we're going to be a little punchier than usual. Speaking of being a little punchier than usual, these episodes we're covering today are Defiant and Fascination. Let's start with Defiant, another episode that exists. Uh, <laughs> we are here on Deep Space Nine, where we always fucking are these days, and Kira's having a bad fucking day. She's just so pissed about everything, and all of a sudden, oh, interesting, Will Riker is here to play some Dabo and hit on Jedzia a lot. Shocking. So Kira kind of takes him under her wing as she's hanging out and realizing, okay, maybe if I hang out with Riker, he's a friendly, happy chap, I'll feel a little better, and maybe he'll hit on me a little bit, and I'll forget about Burial for a week. Wink. So she's sh showing him around, and he says, oh, how about we go see the Defiant? And she's like, yeah, I'll show you the Defiant. That's cool. You're a commander. You're, you're probably into that kind of thing. Go on to the Defiant, <laughs> poke that's around. The, that's the kind of weird shit you're into. He, he wants his love pad back, damn it. So we'll pop into the Defiant. She's showing him, look how cool it is. It's got all these buttons. It's got this Romulan cloak. The Romulan who runs the cloak is gone and no one knows where and why, but that's fine. And all of a sudden, oh God, Riker has pulled a gun on Kira and is all like, I run this shit now, bitch. And she's like, ah, oh, damn it. You're actually, dun, 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 Tom, Tom Riker. Riker? Will Riker's accidental clone thing that we mm. met in Second Chances, I think. Is that the right one? Second something. Too Sounds Many right. Rikers. That was the one. <laughs> T-W-O Many Rikers from TNG. And you can tell because he doesn't know how to grow a beard correctly and pulls off his fake-ass sideburns to reveal that he's different. Cool. I've got to admit, the fake-ass sideburns were pretty convincing. Ah. <sighs> Like, when he pulled them off, I was genuinely caught slightly off guard. I think they just shaved Jonathan Frakes between takes, but let's mm, go on. That, yeah, was probably what they did. So Tom Riker steals the fuck out of the Defiant. Everyone in Ops is all like, oh, crap. We should have realized this was coming because Tom Riker is a suspected Maquis member. And the fact that we've just let Will wander around is probably our bad. Whoops. <laughs> hmm, let's get let's get Cardassia in on this, because they're gonna wanna know that now the Maquis have the Defiant. 
And Some, they really hate the fuck out of Cardassia. Somebody get Gal Dukat on the phone. He's going to fucking think this is hilarious. He does think it's hilarious, but he's also pissed as fuck. Well, as Cisco goes over there and says, okay, I'm going to help you guys. We're going to either capture or destroy the Defiant. And we just kind of understand that that's our loss because that would be much, much better than war again with Cardassia. Damn it. So they, they're, they're teaming up and all of a sudden this new bitch... Coronas, the Obsidian Order Observer, uh, is coming in to, to watch Dukat operate because she knows some shit that Dukat and the rest of Central Command don't know. So they're following. They're, they're she's, tracing. What is she? She's Black Obsidian something. Order. That's it. Thanks. That's going to be like Black <laughs> Ops. She's Black Ops, right? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds right. Black, Black Hawk Mirror. Down? Black Hawk Down. That's a thing, right? Down Periscope. So, so we're tracing the, the Defiant because we happen to know that the cloak is actually shit now and that there are ways to find it when it's cloaked. So they're, they're tracing and they realize, hmm, it looks like they're trying to get a path toward the Orias system. But there's nothing there. Why would they want to do that? And Coronas, the Obsidian Order bitch, is all like, they shouldn't go there. Nope, don't go there. I can't tell you why, but don't fucking go there. So don't we go there. It. Don't do it. So obviously we go to the Orios system where there may be a secret shipbuilding facility. And in fact, yes, there totally is because a bunch of super powered Cardassian ships show up and Dukat's like, I've never seen those before. That's new. Coronas explained. She's like, I fucking can't because Obsidian Order aren't supposed to have ships. Shrug. So we come up with a deal where because Riker is in way over his head that he's just gonna surrender himself and a whole bunch of information about the Aurea system that the Defiant just took. And he's going to give back all these Maquis people and the Defiant and Kira, who's just been captured this whole time, and kind of gives some like, compassion pleas to him every so often. And blew up a thing in, the, in, in her capture quarters. And it all works out for everybody, especially Tom Riker, because working forever in the Cardassian mines happens to also be his kink. Well, he wasn't going to be working there. He was going to be a liaison, so that sort of feels like he wouldn't actually be... Mining, right? Liaison? Didn't they say he was going to be... I feel like they literally said the word liaison to him. They did not. Nope. Are you no. sure? 100% positive. Manual was never labor for the rest it. of his life. I swear yeah. to God, I heard them say liaison. You, liaison no. to what? The mines? I, dude, I <laughs> don't liaison know. Liaison to the rocks? Listen, the rocks have feelings too, you monster. I mean, I'm watching this episode and I'm just like... Now I'm sure, don't get me wrong, I am sure that Cardassian execution methods are horrible, but are probably still preferable to hard labor under the Cardassians. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually feel really bad for for old Tommy boy. I don't know if I feel bad for him, but he should have been like, no, no, you know what? Death, death is good. We're, yeah, it was, no, just... It was a bad plan. His plan was real bad, guys. No, no, it was horrible. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, he's, he fucked up. He, he fucked up, ma like, majorly. I mean, the fact that he kidnaps the fuck out of Kira, what did he expect her to do? Like, basically, like, he expects, oh, yeah, it's very likely that we'll get killed. I might as well bring Kira along. She'll get killed. No big loss. And then I was actually, like, super, super uncomfortable when, you know, he's about to leave, get beamed away to go bust rocks for the rest of his life. And he, like, kisses the fuck out of her. Yeah. But she was into it. And I was all like, no, 
none of this is right. Well, because remember, you know, they talked for three hours after they met at Quark's. Yeah, but she's super into Beryl, and she said from the from the off, I have this thing with Beryl, so I'm not going to be into Riker. I mean, I think future. I think that she's just lying to herself. I don't think anyone yeah. can resist. If, if it were the, the other beard, no. If it were the actual Riker, the full beard, I'd be like maybe. But this new Riker <laughs> goatee, God no. I liked it. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I, I actually, thought was, I thought he was rocking it. I actually really liked. Frakes' portrayal of Tom because I sort of felt from the beginning and I obviously, I guess I knew because you fucking spoiled it for me slash I asked the question and sort of spoiled myself. Never asked the question. But I felt like his, like, his Will Riker was really stiff. (laughs) But, But it felt like he wasn't quite the Riker we know and I felt like that was actually really good on Frakes' part to like manage to differentiate. Yeah, I mean, it was... Did anyone else feel that? I don't know. It was Will Riker... As Tom Riker, pretending to be Will Riker, right? Jonathan Frakes is Tom Riker, pretending to be Will Riker? Well, see, the thing is, right? So Will and Tom Riker are literally the same person. Disagree. Hard disagree. I mean, well, no I mean, no, I mean, they are. They, they, they were created in a cloning Tom, they, Tom Riker's a, experiences have made oh, yeah, him no, no. so I'm not yes. arguing against from that. From a DNA perspective, but yes, I think, they are the same. But I think that also we see in this episode, you know, when we get to, you know, uh, there was the point where Kira was kind of being like, you're a bad terrorist. You're acting like a Starfleet guy. Yeah. Hmm. That, yeah you know, here, in his here. core, he still is Will Riker. He's just yeah. Will Riker that's been through the ringer and kind of hates everything because from his perspective there's another guy out there pretending to be him yeah so speaking of hating everything he fucking yells at miles and granted miles is used to it because everyone yells at him but yeah. what the fuck was that about what was the I, beef well, see, I, there? I, I, I was gonna was say like miles you expect i thought oh this is gonna be like a problem because miles is gonna go what the fuck is he talking about but miles just went okay then it's like what I the hell happened between them? Yeah, no, I think I so he I think that Kato. that was literally he figured that since Miles of everybody knows Will Riker the best, that any prolonged interaction between the two of them would really, you know, he might yeah, be able to pick up on any up. subtle differences. Yeah. So if he just immediately like gets Miles to leave and gets yeah. him to feel all upset, he'll be like, oh, what did I but do? But that's that's way more than a subtle difference. That's screaming at Miles, well, oh, you should know what you've done. He, well, didn't, that's he didn't really yell. And I also think that, I think O'Brien is already sort of a anxious, self-conscious type of creature. So for all we know, O'Brien could just be imagining that Will's really pissed at him for leaving the Enterprise. Like, that literally could be all it is. We have nothing to say to you, asshole. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I, my my thing was, like, he didn't object at all to be, like, my thought is, like, wait, did they actually, did him and Will have a bad experience before he left the ship? Like, he didn't even seem to think that was weird. He's like, oh, right. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah, no, he I must don't know. Have, I just, I just think O'Brien probably he... got drunk and told him his, scram- his omelet was trash and his trombone was a tromboner. It was a terrible omelet. Oh. Um... Yeah, no, I could see. I just imagine the whole point of that was so that he would just get rid of him. So he. Oh yeah, I mean that was definitely the reason. Yeah, but like, I want to know why. Like, I think we want to know what the fuck did O'Brien do? I don't think he did anything. I just think it was. He was Miles. I just think it was a tactic by Tom to to get O'Brien to leave. 
Oh, you know, I mean, that's definitely what it was, but the pro- like, so the thing is, the way it was played in the episode, like, Cole Meany didn't even look confused or go, what the f- What the he fuck just, are you talking about? He just kind of took it, which, again, it wasn't the intent, I think, but it does make it feel like they actually, him and the real Riker must have had some kind of bad blood at some point. Mm, um, Maybe we'll find out in season two of Picard, bring them both back. Ooh, that'd be fun. Wait, bring Tom Riker back? No, no, I was going to Will and, um... O'Brien. Yeah, real oh. real Will. So it could be like, uh, oh, Will. It's Maybe so Tom- funny. Oh, oh, here's an idea. Maybe Tom Riker just has a deep-seated hatred of any transporter operators. Hey, that that's would, good. Yeah. Oh, I like that. Oh, that's interesting. No, it's super, super funny because, you know, they kind of right in at the end, Kira basically says, don't worry, one day we'll come rescue you. And spoilers that should be very obvious never comes up again. Well, it doesn't come up again on the show, but maybe in a book yeah, I'm, somewhere. I'm, I'm sure. sure there's a book or a comic or a something. Yeah, I read that the producers, when they were listing things to include in the next seasons for for writing pitches, included amongst the topics they didn't want any more of was Tom Riker. No. And people weren't sure because sometimes when they when they do things like that, it sometimes means we're already planning this and one of our writers is already assigned this topic. But mm. apparently we'll learn that was not the case. Oh, well. Nice knowing oh, you. Oh, well. So you mentioned uh, the kiss at the end. Mm. I just, I wanted to just mention, I think the, you know, Will slash Tom Riker just has a thing for wrinkly noses because we know that Will Riker really wanted to and did when he had amnesia. Oh, yeah. Uh, to Roe Laren's pants. Him and Roe. So maybe it's just a thing. He's got Man, a latent a latent attraction to Bajorans. Nah, Riker nah. and uh, Jake could uh, share some notes. Although, as oh, we know, other, Jake oh, prefers Jake. his Bajorans older than him. I want to go back to the start oh. of the episode. Next there episode. W- there was a thing that came up that I thought was interesting, and that's how Julian Bashir 100% abused his office to get what he wanted. What's and, that? Because he wanted to borrow a runabout. And he asked Kira, and she said no. And he said, I'm relieving you of duty under medical, <laughs> me, my medical authority. Not well, even oh, that's funny. It's true. That did happen. But well, well, we never do find out if he then went to whoever replaced her and got the runabout. Well, uh, he I, did. Yeah. See, here's the thing. Here's the thing. The question is, you know, was he right in relieving Kira of duty because she was way too fucking stressed oh. out? Yeah, no, he was, she was, she was, she needed a break. Yeah, like, I actually said, like, oh, wow, Julian doing what a CMO should be doing, and which we've kind of seen Bones do in the past with Kirk, but Mm. Bones has done it in a much friendlier way because he and Kirk are friends. Yeah. Whilst it seems like, not Beryl, Bashir, Jesus Christ, it seems like Bashir, like, doesn't have that level of friendship with anybody else. That he could just say, you know what I prescribed for you is a little, a little shore leave, a little off, off station shore leave, and uh, well, also yeah. if you're going to be relieving Kira of duty, she's not going to do it if you're friendly about it. Well, but then, but then he goes, and her, his, you know, quote unquote, prescription for her was to go hang out with someone she hates, Quark. Quark. But she secretly loves Quark. She, no, oh, no wait, not everybody me. can secretly love Quark. Yes, I they know, can. I know you think, I mean, Odo, yes, he has a, 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 a deep love for Quark that yes. is never fully realized. But no. Kira, no, she just doesn't like Quark. That no, is a but, thing. 
But the problem is he kind of runs all the entertainment on the ship. But but again, Station. we just had an episode last week, I believe, where we found where we learned very explicitly how much Kira hates the holodeck. And yet one of the things that Julian gave her was a holodeck program. Well, well Julian, Julian isn't interested in fucking her, so he doesn't really care what she likes or doesn't. But also, all he said was three of the five things must be utilized. Oh, I thought he said two. See, I obviously, like, am deaf as shit and didn't hear Maybe anything it was, that was said Either way, she doesn't, she doesn't have to use the holo program if she has her blue drink in her Jumja stick and some crackers. Yeah, she, yep. could, she could get out of there in like 20 minutes if she really wanted. I know, yeah, she could have just pound, pounded that drink and taken the jam just stick and just like wolfed. She would have been yeah. all set. See, I assume I was, the crackers was, were... Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. I was, I was convinced that the prescription was going to be like, you got Beryl's number on speed, speed dial, right? You call him up, you get that D. Yeah. See, that whole setup felt like a fucking porn anyway. He's like... I, wait a minute, I wrote it down. Hold on. <laughs> I, have, I have a quote. I hope it's a good one. As to my prescription, follow me. And oh, I was yeah. just like, fade to black. They're definitely fucking. Yeah, wonder if that's how they like, got together like in real life. Kira's Did they date? Talk about life. that next week. Ne- oh, no, no, what? Next episode. Fascination, we'll talk about that because I have no. Wait, wait, wait. Fine, we'll talk serious? about it now. She's, see, Chris. See, Sorry. Chris. See what you do. No, I can wait. I can wait. Yeah, I'm just can... really excited Sorry, I about thought, it. I thought I mentioned it before to you. I apologize. Why? Was Renee Abergenois busy? What the fuck is she doing with Bashir? IRL. Because Alexander Siddig is hot. Is he? He's cute. Yeah, he's alright. I wouldn't call him hot. I think he's more cute, but he's fine. Whatever. Anyway, Jake, you were trying yeah. to say something. Disagree. You don't like you don't like Alexander Siddig, Jake? No. How about in Game of Thrones? With that salt and pepper beard? Was he in Game of Thrones? <laughs> he had gout. <laughs> That's hot! <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, his, all, that all character appeared in like, for gout. like eight minutes on Game of Thrones in total, and his one defining character was has gout. <laughs> no, he was also nice and had that salt and pepper beard. Oh, I didn't realize he had been in uh, Game of Thrones. You blink and you miss him. No, they made, a, they made it was just like it was like him and um Ian McShane were both in like blink and you miss it one episode parts. But oh, anyway. yeah, I don't think you can right. miss long, either of them. The long hair does not suit him, though. Disagree. Also, uh... Oh, he was, holy shit, he was Prince Doran Martell? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Who's a big a big part, sort of, in the books. Yeah. But in the show, he just is there to have gout and get killed. Also, uh, she what? likely didn't get together with Rene Arbergenois because he was, in fact, married at the time. Yeah, I know, and, and had, had children. married to the same woman for over 30 years at that point. Okay, if because because Caitlin asked, here's the timeline. Sometime, I, I, I didn't look up when they started dating, because I didn't, like, it's not something that's, like, just in the middle of their Wikipedia pages. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this episode was end of 1994. They would have a kid together in 96. They would what? marry in 97. And what? divorce in two thousand and one. Wow, what a roller coaster! Yeah, I think in they're like a cute seven couple. years. That's wild. Holy shit! Rene Arbogenois is descended from the younger sister of Napoleon Bonaparte. That's cool. Neat. Anyway, sorry, we got way off course. Wait. Okay. So wait. So baby ninety four married. Ni- oh, so baby ninety six married ninety seven divorced two thousand one. Mm-hmm. And he has not yet, as of yet, remarried. Huh. So keep your fingers crossed, because I'm swooping in. No, I'm not. <laughs> Andrew Robinson better swoop in. Aww. Oh, dear. 
her current, oh my god, Nana Visitor. She's been married thrice. She was married for five years before Alexander Sittig, and she's been married to someone called <laughs> Matthew Rimmer since 2003. <laughs> Rim. Finally anyway. found somebody that would do it. Listen. Anyway, Jake, you, you were trying to say something a while ago before we got off on this. I don't remember. Okay, if Jake, does, if Jake doesn't remember, the other thing I wanted to mention, now that we're talking about uh, inter-show hookups, our two McKee friends whom Tom Riker beams aboard, Tamal and Kalita. Yep. We've seen Kalita before because she played the same Maquis character in Preemptive Strike. Oh, neat. And she and Tamal, uh, as their actors, would later get married. Oh, that's nice. So many hookups this week. I, I didn't recognize her, but I like the consistency of getting... Some rando Maquis to be in more than one episode across mm-hmm. two different shows. So there was an interesting, I'll, I guess I'll call it a call forward in this episode because I, as far, yeah, this this is pre. Um, oh, I know what you're going to say. Tom Riker said tough little ship, which is the same thing that Will Riker said in First Contact. Oh. oh, I wonder if that's a coincidence or if they did that no, on purpose a, when no, they wrote a, First it's Contact. It's not a coincidence. They were both referring it to the Defiant. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So in, but obviously, first contact come came out after this episode. So yeah, well, it was after. technically in first contact, it was a callback to this yeah. episode. Right. Huh, good totally. catch. I didn't even make that connection. Yeah, I mean the fact that like, we're always learning more things about the Defiant. For some reason, these Maquis people, even though we needed what was her name, Tarul, the Romulan chick, to mm. run the cloak, these people know perfectly well how to run the cloak. I don't think it was a technical skill de- deficit. I think it was more a Tarul needs to be there to to make sure that the Federation isn't misusing it or spying Fucking on around. shit. Yeah, make sure they really are only using it in the Gamma Quadrant. Mm. Like, that I'm pretty sure there's me. just a big red button that says cloak the ship. <laughs> you think, though, they would have uh, hardwired it. So, I mean, then that would have made this episode difficult, but... Could have hardwired it so that if it, the ship, because the ship presumably knows where it is, and if it knows it's in the Alpha or Beta quadrants, it'll like lock cloak access. But what oh, we have learned is that cloaks are super shitty. Yeah. yeah. Why is it when the Romulans or the Klingons have a cloak, it's basically perfect, but the when we get a Federation cloak, you can see through it three hundred different ways. Something, like, like something, I, the Defiant has its issues with overpowering something. Well, yeah, like something. I said, when they first introduced it, I was like, they probably gave them, like, several versions yeah, of Go's wow. model. Last year's model. Like, huh. You're still using the 2020 version. Huh. But also, if if it turns out, you know, cloaks can be pretty dodgy like that, it would certainly explain why, like, everyone with cloaks hasn't just completely destroyed everyone without them already, you know? Mm. Like, if you know there's little things to do, like, you know, maybe a starship isn't always looking out for these little weird traces in things, but border outposts are, you know? So maybe it's just, you know, these little imperfections that you're not going to constantly be on the lookout for if you're buzzing around, but if your only job is to look for this shit, you're going to find it. Yeah, yeah, I guess that makes sense. This episode also is the first one to reveal that um, Jonathan Frakes has total alopecia and has to have, <laughs> has to have stick on beards. <laughs> I'm with Kate. The... You first. No. Okay. Uh, I'm with Caitlin. I think he actually looked good with just a goatee. No, I didn't like it. 
As long as he has something on his face, like, if he had been sans beard, I would have been like, ooh. But I think the goatees are right. The beard is is better. Too much cheek. The beard is definitely the superior look for Riker. But anything that's not just plain-faced is always going to be an improvement. Yikes. It also seems like, you know, someone was like, hey, uh, if we're going to pull off this caper, Tom, you're going to have to let your beard grow out for a couple weeks. Nah. Except except the cheeks. It'll be easy enough just to to tape some sideburns on. It'll be it'll I mean, be all this good. is this is a world where people can be like surgically altered to look like an alien in like 10 minutes. So, fake beard isn't that much but of a why stretch. Why bother with a fake beard? Why not just grow it out? Like other yeah. than, other than the 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 reveal of ooh, it's evil right there. I know, does he not have the time? Why did he did it have to be like today? Like, oh god, I have to go to Deep Space 9 today and find a way above the defiant. But I haven't grown in my sideburns yet. Oh no. Yeah. Aren't there like follicle stimulators or am I thinking of a different show? No, there are. I don't think they've been mentioned yet, but they exist. Great. Figures. I also found it interesting that um Starfleet still relies on biometric access controls when mm. it when there are literally transporter duplicates of people wandering around yeah True. you think there'd be like some kind of two-factor system yeah. you know you get so, pinged so on your cell phone. It has to they have they have to send you a six digit code to your communicator yeah so you exactly can, no like 52 like data had yeah. no so <laughs> so the Deep Space, Deep Space Nine crew eventually figures out, oh, it's it's actually Tom, and Tom is actually suspected to be a Maquis member. Was there not a way they could have like they could have learned this earlier? So like if, if you happen to have a suspected Maquis member who happens to look like one of your highest ranking officers, you'd think people would like be very very diligent about figuring this out. Yeah, yeah his fucking APB sign, out. his picture would be up at the post office on Deep Space 9 for sure. Like you would be <laughs> passing it all the time, you would think. I guess that gets a little complicated go. This guy might not be him? So it would it would be in a report. Yeah, it just seems maybe like maybe yeah. they've never read the report. Like a notice and it's like, "Hey, if Will Riker shows up, just like triple check." You know? Call the Enterprise. Make sure he's not there. Yeah, ask. That's ask true. That's him. all you really need to do is send one fucking transmission, and they could have yeah. figured yeah, this ask, out. Ask, ask him about Rolaren's weird mole. And, oh, I was uh, gonna go with BB Newworth, but all right. Yeah, ask him about BB Newworth's weird hands, and um, <laughs> then you'll know it's the real man. Speaking of the real man, my bestie Ducat was here today. Mm. Oh yeah, and I oh and I just I, I love what they're doing with him because I read up that you know they were talking about you know it's his son's birthday and they were going to go to the Cardassian amusement center which I really want to see what that is. I feel this like is a torture chamber. It's got to be right. No, I was I feel like it would be like the uh, amusement park we see in Bioshock Two, which is just oh, propaganda, propaganda. Yeah. disguised as like animatronic shows. Aw, mm. that's cute. It's a very, very good part of that game, I have to say. Yeah, it's funny, too, because, like, what you kind of got to love is, like, Ducat's, like, when they're like, okay, so there's a transporter duplicate of Will and this and that, and he is like, that sounds like something would, ha- would happen with you fucking people. But he knows that, like, other Cardassians aren't gonna buy that. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's dealt with the Federation enough that he, it's like that meme that goes around every couple of months that, you know, that long, like, 
It's, it's like a Tumblr post or something that people comment on. It talks about how all the weird sci-fi shit only happens to the Federation and humans. Great, now we're going to have to share this meme. Future Chris, find that meme. Yeah, I'll dig it up. But it's that, like, he's he's clearly had enough experience that he's like, Ugh, yes, I know you people have bizarre shit happen. Whereas most folks are going to go, the fuck are they talking about? It's clearly just Riker. <laughs> Yeah, the arc, the arc of Ducat this episode is really fun because he starts off kind of pissy because he wants to go to the amusement park with his kid. Yeah. And then he learns that Koronas is here and she's being all bitchy about everything. And she even like, you know, throws some shade at him. And he's like, oh, fuck your shade. I don't like this. Yeah. Until he gets the upper hand when he learns that they're doing something shady and he gets to swagger and strut around and be like, oh, Obsidian Order, I got so much dirt on you now. Love it's it. A- Wonder Cardassia hasn't just descended into full-on civil war. I don't think they could stop themselves. I think they would just kind of cancel each other out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like the Butter Battle Book. <laughs> so the Obsidian Order isn't supposed to have ships, even though they're this gigantic, powerful entity that you don't know enough about. How can you possibly stop them from having ships? Because they're yeah. powerful and secretive. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. How many sounds, ships does Garrick have? It sounds like since the Obsidian Order is is so powerful, like one concession that was made is like, yeah, you can't you can't have a navy, okay? You you have you have carte blanche to do basically whatever you want, but you can't have a navy. Yeah. And if you need to get somewhere, you know, you can you can we'll fly you wherever Call you need to go. Call a fucking Uber. But, uh, but you, you know, we're not going to have you out there in a position where you could threaten, you know, where you could stage a coup, basically. Yeah. Which makes sense, because, I mean, intelligence service shouldn't, in theory, need a navy. Yeah. But it, it turns out the Obsidian Order has one, at least, yep. it seems. Yeah, and yep. they're super powerful. Yeah. That, that to me, because it's not just the ships. You also need the people to man them. And build them. And build them. Oh, yeah. Who are these people? Well, okay. I'm sure a lot of the building is handled by prisoners and slaves. Yeah. And robots. I'm sure there are so many, you know, allegedly KIA Bajorans who are working on building these Obsidian the, Order the, ships. The, 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 um, the, the real irony here is that Will Riker's first job as a at the labor camp now is going to be to build the ships that he was hoping to discover. Ah, I love it. That'd be perfect. So we got a, we got a lot of interesting Kira Riker stuff because she's mm. talking to him about the difference between terrorists and heroes. And that was yeah. a cool thing. And coming a terrorist from, can't be a hero. Yeah, especially coming from her, it's a really cool thing. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it was done well, this idea that like you could see it even, you know, when she says it, it's like, you're still thinking like a Starfleet officer. He's basically pulling a Captain Maxwell. Yeah, that's true. You know, he's like, I, I'm going to pull a Starfleet-esque mission because I know that I can get this intel and bring it back. And, and he gets to yell at Miles. Yeah, <laughs> but it's it's that's not what it is. You know, it's like that's not how terrorism works. Now, maybe we're just different kinds of terrorists. Yeah, yeah that, <laughs> whole, that whole argument of who's the better terrorist was interesting. Uh, definitely the guy that Beverly was in love with in that shitty TNG episode. The Top high ground? Terrorist. Oh, no. Yeah, that's it. That's the one. Top oh, terrorist man. right there. Sorry. I forgot all about that one. I tried hey, to. listen, you're both welcome because it should be remembered. Ugh. Um, <laughs> Should it, though? <laughs> yeah. So is there... So, okay, I get it that, like, 
Cisco had to make a concession and, and hand over Riker to the Cardassians. But to me, giving like your main adversary in the quadrant the a top ranking an exact duplicate of a of a very mm. top ranking Starfleet officer when they've when they've just recently been caught like using infiltration of uh you know surgically altered people well now they have someone that's not just surgically altered he's literally uh, indistinguishable from the genuine article it hadn't occurred to me like but the beard is different mm, don't forget true. the beard yeah yeah giving that to the cardassians seems like a, a pretty big win for them don't worry yeah. it'll never come it'll up it'll never again. come up again i'm just I, i'm just imagining like a future cardassian plot to replace will riker and then so they do it and they're like all right good we got our man on the inside and then he calls up he's like yeah so i just found out that will was married to imzadi so i'm just gonna stay here and I'm just gonna she move did, to some planet and difference. like make pizzas all the time. My <laughs> God, uh, fabulous! I suppose that's really why they couldn't use him, because like, yeah, she would know. Oh, she would know. Well, I mean, she she's an know, empath, right? We know right, one of the we know she's many, allegedly an empath, but one of the many times her mother shows up, her mother <laughs> would figure it out. Speaking of her mother, thank you for that segue, Chris. We move on from discussing our everyone's least favorite half-Betazoid to everyone's favorite Betazoid, Luoxana's in town. So let's talk uh, fascination. Let's Lux- talk fascination. Luoxana is great. Yep. Luoxana is great in this. Dot, dot, dot. She's all of us, man. The rest of this episode. She's all yeah. of us. I'm going to start this off by reminding everyone this should come as no surprise at all. Directed by Avery Brooks. <laughs> Oh, really? Which is why everyone is so fucking weird and aloof. It's also in the script, but it's mostly him, I swear. They've also got space crazies. All right, so. Spoilers. Here in this episode, we are, everyone is preparing for the Bajoran Gratitude Festival. And Miles is preparing for the Bajoran Ingratitude Festival because Keiko and Molly are coming back. Also, Marta, Jake's Bajoran girlfriend, Dabo girl thing, uh, is going off to college or something, so she had to break it off with him, and he's feeling a sad. I know, he's in his feels. Poor baby. And also, Luoxana shows up, and she's got this headache, and she's like, ah, no, no, I'm fine, ignore me. I'm just gonna come over here and hit on Odo the entire episode long. That's what I would do if I had a headache. Nice. Or, I mean, if I was just near Odo. I guess the headache is not necessary, but I wouldn't let it stop me is what I'm saying. So to take part in the Bajoran Gratitude Festival, Burial is also in town. And by the Bajoran Gratitude Festival, I mean Kira, because he is all up in Kira this episode. But also, everything starts getting weird around the station. Like, oh, Luwaxana's headache somehow got transferred over to Jake. And Jake comes over and expresses his love for Kira. And Kira's like, that's weird. No, not interested. And all of a sudden, Barilas are like, actually, I might think I want a three-way with Dax and also the other Dax. <laughs> Which is really with funny because Jezia. I feel like that, that partic- I know you're still summarizing, That's fine, but I felt like that particular switch to like really liking Dax was funny because of like earlier in the episode where he sort of seems to be like, I don't know if he was just disapproving because 
Kira wanted to spend time with her friend and not her fucking sometimes lover. Or if he honestly just thinks like that Jad Z is a bad influence. But anyway, I, I appreciated it all the more for that. Yeah. It's it starts it starts off plausible and then just <laughs> the natural progression is to just him cupping her through that dress. Pow, cupping the pouch. Barf. You're like, yeah, Dax Symbiont, you want some of this? Ugh. Oh. And Jadzia somehow also gets in on this, but she's super into Cisco, and Cisco's really uncomfortable because he's like, you know, Curzon wasn't my type. You're a little my type, but that makes it weird, and I'm not interested. In fact, Bashir, something's up with Dax. This isn't usual. Can you can you scan her every which way but loose a little bit for us? And he's like, yes, please. And they realize, oh no, nothing's up with Jadzia. Hmm, interesting. I wonder if that's something new. So they, they release her, but she's actually was lying and is still super into Cisco. And they go to check this out some more. And suddenly, bum, 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 Kira and Julian are into each other. Yeah. And they do a whole lot of groping. Yeah. So much groping. And as they're groping, like they're still cognizant of what they're doing and they can't stop themselves, but they know, they happen to know that this is because of some weird thing that's going around. In fact, it's because Luoxana is here and her horniness is contagious. And that's about the episode. They cure her of her horniness for a day and everyone goes back to normal. She had a fever, to be fair. So she was literally and figuratively in heat. Yeah. Yay. Anyway, and but so it's kind of funny because as I was watching it, I was about I don't know ten minutes into this episode when I was like, "All right, this is Loxana's fault," but I assumed she was doing it on purpose. Uh, I was like, "She did this so that Odo would fall in love with her," which was a silly move because he's aw. not even really people; oh. he's a changeling. The and... thing I missed. The thing I missed is that you know because Keiko is back and being cuntier than ever. Um, is that she and O'Brien have many, many fights. Yeah. Many, and then some more fights. But and then that, a couple I was going to say, no, no amount of, of uh, Betazoid menopause can bring rain to that desert. Yeah, there, well, was a whole, but... there was a whole time where I assumed that she had been, that Keiko had been infected and was just trying to keep away from Miles because she wasn't into him. Because she maybe, didn't want to have another baby. <laughs> yeah, or maybe that the infection had gotten her more cunty or something. And that was how it was exp- expressed in so, her. I thought it was some kind of opposite thing where it was making people that, like, didn't love each other love each other and was making people that loved each other not love each other was my initial thinking. I mean, listen. Until Julian Julian mansplains how it works at the end, which is like, oh, but there had to be some initial initial intrigue between the two of you for it to work. This was a terrible, horny version of Sarek. I was going to say, it reminded me so much of Sarek. Oh, that's true. Yeah, when when a Vulcan is sick, everyone just gets angry. When a Betazoid is sick, everyone gets horny. Well, when Loxana Troy is sick, everyone gets horny. Yeah, no, but I did find the Keiko and O'Brien dynamic a little... I mean, yeah, she's always a bitch to him, but it just seemed like they were extra nasty to each other this week. And it was never really explained. I don't really think that, because she gets home, her kid's sick, she's had a really bad ride... She just wants to relax. O'Brien's like, oh, but I wanted to spend time with you, i.e. I wanted to plow you for the next two days. And she's like, I would like to rest, but I'll do whatever you want. And he's like, mm-hmm. good, then we're going to the festival. And she's like, Ugh. And you're so, wearing that red dress I like. I just kind of feel like she was being bitchy because she got off on the wrong foot to begin with when she first got back to the space station. And then O'Brien was just like, 
being a mopey bitch because she didn't want to do everything he yeah, wanted why, to do. But why was he so nasty to her later when they're at Quarks? He was just like yelling at her and like that's what the, yeah her her behavior wasn't so much out of character. It's really his oh, behavior. Okay, I was like he was she wasn't yeah, even his that bad. behavior was out well, of especially character, because. The implication, too, was like she spent the whole flight getting her ear chewed off by Loaxana. While she fed her kid so much candy that the kid got sick. Best grandma ever. Yeah, she's great. Well, listen, at least she didn't take her naked fucking hot tub jumping like she did with Alexander. We we don't know that. They had a hot tub on the shuttle pod on the way over. Take the the kid to the the park where it would have promptly died. (laughs) Wow. Actually, I, I saw a lot of, remember, um, Cost of Living, which was that episode with the mud bath in this episode, because whenever we saw glimpses of the Gratitude Festival, there were all these performers and shit, and all oh these like, fire jugglers. I'm like, oh, wow, these are just no, like, no. leftovers from, from that juggler. Cost of Living. There's a contact, but there was also, it wasn't even a real fire juggler. It was a guy with glow sticks. It's like, this is way <laughs> less impressive than fire juggling. Do you know what it reminded me of that is like, I guess maybe considered Trek adjacent? It made me remember, have any of you ever seen any of Buck Rogers in the 24th, 5th century, whatever not, it is? Not a one. Yep. There, there's an episode, well, I know you have, Chris. Of that, course you Chris me- do you remember the Olympics episode? There's this episode in Buck Rogers where they're basically showing like the space Olympics and it's that kind of like, this is vaguely spacey stuff happening. But yeah, no, you're right. It was like, here's a sport you know, but we've like added a weird light up thing. And shiny thing. silver jumpsuits. Yeah. Especially And that. also to avoid paying for extras, the entire audience is watching on TV. There's no <laughs> spectators. It's the dumbest thing. So there's like five sports going on at once since it's just a big empty room with no audience. Well, that's how the Olympics is going to be this year, right? They've they've postponed it till 2021. But yeah, it just made me think of that. It was from like the panning from above shot. Like it just everything about it was really, to me, reminiscent of that. And I guarantee it's not on purpose because no one has ever intentionally mimicked Buck Rogers in the 25th century. It just yeah, I hated to. everything about all those performers because it really did just feel like, damn it, we rented these people. We're gonna make sure to show them. Yeah. Like, yeah, they so, added nothing to it. So here we are in the in the Bajoran Gratitude Festival, which we're having on Deep Space Nine for reasons instead of just on Bajor. Well, no, I don't think, I don't think, this, is, I think this is a specific... You know, it's like yeah, fourth, the 4th of July tour? isn't only in Washington, D.C. Okay, in that case, my question is, a couple weeks ago, we had all the families of Umbajor leave because, right, because of, the of the Dominion, Dominion. threat. Yeah, I was Suddenly, they're too. back. They're back yeah. because they're having so much gratitude about not getting killed by the Dominion yet that they're they have back. to do this yeah. thing here. It's because Why? of it's because of plot. Oh, yeah. but I mean, it makes sense though. It's like it's a major holiday. Your family's gone home. They're gonna come back for a bit to see you. Yeah, I'm but guessing, the families are gone. No, I'm guessing these well, are the families really, of the people that work on the station. That's why Keiko yeah. was uh, there. For example, well, no, no, yeah. that family member should go down to Bajor and celebrate down there. Well, that would leave DS Nine pretty much deserted. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, and it's probably you know, as you can see, Quark makes a lot of business. He you know, it's so it's such an important day for Quark that he wears a Bajoran earring, which was amazing. He looked great. The giant, he looked great. Quark-sized Bajoran earring. I object to the fact that he could be affected by Loxana when Ferengi can't be read by Bajorans. Betazoids. Bez, bez, betazoids. Bez, bez, like, betazoids. 
Zoids. They, either way, he should be immune. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the whole time, the whole time that Keiko is stuffed away in her room, having an angry, I assume that there was something going on in there that she was dressing herself up for Quark. And that was the thing that I was assuming the whole time was, oh, who, oh. what of our, of our other main cast isn't included yet in the whole love drug thing? Ah, we haven't seen Quark yet. Keiko's in love with Quark. No, oh. he, oh, well, he... Oh, no, you mean we hadn't seen him in love yet? I actually do kind of wonder if it had already started to work when they were having their fight in the bar. Because Quark was like, yeah, your wife really sucks. But I kind of wondered if, no, I think that's too No, deep. that's just Quark yeah. being a furry misogynist. Yeah, that's right. Well, because like, it, it would be interesting if it had been intentional because he was trying to be like, yeah, fuck her. She's all the pro cause of all your problems. And then I can hone in on her. But you're right. You it's know. probably just because he's an asshole. Mm. I read, so, I read that they had to reshoot one of the Miles Keiko fight scenes because they had gotten too nasty. And they're like, no, we still want you to be a, be a couple that everyone, that, you know, all of our audience members really love your relationship. Nobody loves their relationship. I don't know why they think that. And it's so rough. I was just watching a, a episode of something or other where they were talking about the Keiko character and how, you know, she gets the short end of the stick an awful lot. They could have developed her a whole lot better. And, and this said episode, they sent her away so they didn't have to deal with her. Yeah, and this episode so corners her in the role of Miles's wife. It's really unfortunate. Yeah. I will say this, though. At the end, I really kind of bought their chemistry for the first time. Gross. Yeah, it was gross. And they were making out in front of their kid, which I find distasteful. Ugh. Yeah. I also, like... Again, I know I said this a few weeks ago, but just whenever those two try to be romantic, I feel like I've walked in on someone's parents. Mm. You're like, oh, you've still got the torch. Oh, and so did I. I don't want to think about it. Nope, nope. Did you see how much coffee Miles was drinking? Keiko so has much. no idea how much coffee he drinks at all hours of the day. He never drinks coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be my husband. <laughs> I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. What I liked was at the beginning when Julian's like, no, I can see that you're upset because you've missed your wife so much. And I'm like, Julian, you fool. It's not because he's missed her. It's because he's going to have to spend 48 fucking hours with her. That's why he's climbing the walls. Yeah, he doesn't want to have to spend time really. with her. I think what was good, though, is like, because she has been so often written as like a lazy, nagging wife character. And really, I think, Caitlin, you were getting to this, like a lot of the, the issue this time was actually driven by Miles being insecure. And jealous. Like it's Holy his fault. shit. He was yeah. mad. Well, first of all, he's like pissy that she's been away. And I'm like, you fucking suggested it, dickhead. So that's your fault. Yeah. Second of all, she mentions that she has a friend. And he's like, oh, you're fucking some guy down on Bajor, huh? And she's like, whoa. No. Well, I mean, you know, not to defend that attitude, but the w it's like. Whenever I talk to other men, Jake gets jealous. She's, talk he, like she's a, talking to him if, about their relationship, which I think was the thing that more pissed Miles off. We mm. all do that. I don't. Sorry. I don't talk to, to other women about my relationship problems. I just mean that I think that women discuss their relationships with other women and other people. And I think that, yeah, the reason why men don't do it is because men don't know how to be fucking friends with women without expecting to fuck them. Mm, like, true. I think... Maybe Keiko is naive and maybe what's his name down on Bajor is into her. But I feel like, I don't know. What was the guy's Sorry, name? The guy I had some stupid name. What was it? Torin or something? I didn't or, write yeah. it down. Torin Anyway, friendzone. I don't know. But like, and, and I don't really mean that. I know that men can be friends with women, but I just feel like it's just such a, I don't know. But it, it is, it is, it's an identifiable trait. 
in men that that O'Brien would get pissed off about that or get Maybe. defensive about it, I think. Huh. Huh. I don't know. I've always been friends with like, well, actually less now, but when I was like a kid, I was friends with mostly boys anyway. So I wouldn't think anything of talking to a guy about my relationship problems. Mm. Hmm. Eh. But but luckily Keiko's going to be going away again and yes. for even longer. And that was one of the other things Miles was pissed about was like, oh no, it's not going to be another four months or whatever. It's going to be have to be like six or seven more months of me just jerking it to watching Julian do a dance. Um, oh no! Is that why they've been playing so much like paddle ball or whatever? Yeah, I like the fuck how Julian. So yeah. Can... Oh my, my arm's so gonna be so tired. It's gonna fall my off. My paddling uh. arm. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. No, but Keiko gives the gives the excuse that oh the ecosystems on Bajor are a, are a fucking hot mess. To which I say, haha, the Screens didn't know what they would have been getting themselves no, into. The Screens would have had it all figured out by now. Would they? Have you seen their heads? <laughs> That's true. It's the hair. I don't remember what a screen they were, is. They were the fucking, Those fucking horrible uh, flaky eczema people. people. Oh, yeah. They really well, wanted to farm Bajor. No, she was just saying that the ecosystems are all different. And honestly, if you were looking to farm, that'd be great. They could probably do, like, you know, lots of different types of crops. They, they fertilize the land by taking a pumice stone to their to their skin. <laughs> ah. oh. Yikes. Yeah, seriously, that's all they really needed. Maybe that's all they really needed. What if they had just given them pumice? Then they would have not been flaky and everybody would have been happy. Yeah. Yeah, or special they soap. Gross. Creams. Some, like, fucking Creams. head and shoulders. Yeah. Some head and Little shoulders and soul. shit. The whole nine. Yeah. So, this episode was mostly dumb. Yes. Oh, yeah. And a waste of Waxana. Oh, definitely. But I will admit that when everything comes to a head in the party... And Father What a Waste tries to uh, beat up Cisco, and Cisco's just like, "Are oh you God, that fight me? was so good, though. I love it. Yeah, that John was amazing. Punches him in the and face. Cisco's just like, what the fuck's wrong? With yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Every reaction, every Brooks's reaction to getting punched in the face is, "Ah, oh, really? This? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sure you want to do this, religious boy? Is it is it a coincidence <laughs> that um in an Avery Brooks directed episode that Cisco is impervious to punches? Uh, I mean, but, again, then, the fact- but then he's rescued by a wo- rescued by a woman, so I don't think it's. Mm. Oh yeah, I forgot it was Dax that actually takes out. Oh yeah, she Thirsty fucking socks him right in the fucking face. I mean, here's the thing: it would be suspicious if it was like anyone but Barial. But the fact that it's Barial, I'm like, yeah, yeah, no. He doesn't do much punching, you know. He's more of a reading books kind of guy. Like, in a way, I'm surprised he didn't hurt himself on Cisco's jaw. I mean, he definitely did. Punching people hurts. I mean, it. even if we don't see it, it definitely hurt him. Yeah. And also, just seeing him act that much out of character was pretty funny. Yeah, but he's still, like... I, have we talked before about the fact that Barile's not a great actor? Yes. Yeah, he's not. He's really bad in this episode. Yeah, it's not great. It's also a bad episode. I mean, how mm. how can you make just be really thirsty at everyone? Go, good. Oh, I also liked at the party when uh, what was it? Like, and Dax was like talking from behind Cisco's. <laughs> and she did just a little. Her hands. You tell him. You tell him, Benjamin. <laughs> that was actually that, that gave me a giggle. I really liked yeah, that. That's know. a I, good choice. I think this is an episode that overall isn't very good, but no. there's some there's some redeeming charm in it from time to time. 
in moments, yeah. yeah. Fleeting it was moments of charm. What do you, you know? I mean, that's all I mm. ask is entertainment. It was silly. It was silly as fuck. A lot of the actors say that it was like, I know like Armin Shimmerman basically says like, it was embarrassing to be working on this episode because it, like, yeah. it's so goddamn dumb. The uh, really... the writers based it very loosely on A Midsummer Night's Dream, which you know I is a mistake. I thought so. I thought so. How interesting. But it does make sense because it's an awful play. Yeah, no, I fucking I uh, his comedies. I so, could do without all of them. There were there were a couple of um quotes that I would like to draw attention yes. to, if I may. So Odo decides that he's gonna go to the Bajoran Gratitude Festival or whatever, and he stops by security and he's like, Alright, I usually stop by Quarks three or four times a day just to let him know I'm thinking about him. And I was <laughs> like Love the love is so pure. I was I was enamored. Did they not get Eddington that day? Because I feel like that should have been him. Yeah, Eddington's kind of ah. vanished. I, I'm surprised. Like, I'm surprised we didn't see him in the last episode with, uh, with I the hope Cardassian Odo stuff. vanished him. Fucking no, vanished. we'll see more of him at some Damn point. Damn it. And uh, the other thing, so I've written this. Luwaxana, you thirsty hoe. I love this bitch. And honestly, she's all of us wanting to bang Odo. And at one point, she's like, oh, if there's any help I can give you. And Odo's like, what kind of help do you mean? And she's like, you know, a shoulder to cry on, this or that, a lap to melt in. <laughs> I was like, yes. Uh, yes, yeah. please. Uh, Been there, done that. Aw. My comment was, that's what the cat does. Melts in your lap? Yeah. They're little snuggly <laughs> melts, in your, melts in your lap, not in your hands? No, I actually got a little bit, like, it was. this was another episode that ends with a weird kiss that should not have been. Yeah. Because Odo is basically saying, oh, not Odo, Waxana is basically saying, Odo, I see you're really into that little redhead over there. I'm going to put my mouth on your mouth anyway. Well, Waxana! No! Yeah, but he, uh, but no. and much, and much like with the previous episode, he was, like, weirdly okay with slash maybe kind of into it. This, no, I don't think he was. He he did the ooh, my lips have been kissed thing. Because he's never it, been kissed before. Oh, never His been kissed. His first kiss was with Luoxana, and that's gonna haunt him forever. My first kiss was with some loser I met at a bowling alley when I was eleven. You can <laughs> do worse than Luoxana. I'm just saying. I don't know how to respond to that. What I, I, I I'm sure there's, there's a lot of men of... who've met Luoxana at bowling alleys, though. So. <laughs> you think she does a lot of bowling? She's, I don't know. She just seems like a bowling alley tramp. I don't know. I bet she'd look great in one of those bowling jackets. Oh, Ooh, with Luxana all in cursive embroidered on it. Yeah, on the back and like rhinestones. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Absolutely. Yeah. She's actually secretly really good at it. That that's why her first husband was a was a human. She 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 taken up bowling when she was an ambassador, and uh, went from there. Sure. So she comes in and she happens to know all the stuff about the founders and she's telling Odo like, oh, it must be really weird to know that your people are these things. And he's like, yeah, wait, how do you know about that? Because there was a, a cut scene that would have revealed that Luwaksana got all this information from Necheyev. Because, because, hang on, because, quote, Luwaksana considers uh, Necheyev the sister I never had. Why? Why would that even happen? I was really hoping they would that have a romantic relationship, but that doesn't work if they're sisters. See, it just, I mean, it didn't strike me as weird. It's like, yeah, this woman is, I mean, I know we kind of joke, but she is an ambassador. She probably has access to a lot of stuff. Mm. Like, I, I don't I, necessarily need it explained. I was envisioning it sort of like the beginning of Austin Powers 2 when it's revealed that Elizabeth was really a fembot and Basil goes, yes, we all knew, sadly. 
Like, Luoxana always knew. She just, like, didn't say anything. I mean, not, like, really, but that's what flashed through my mind. Yeah, but I mean, I, I figured, like, she's a high-ranking ambassador and presumably an important person within her culture anyway. Like, she would just have access to this shit. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, 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 I buy that, that better than... Yeah, my 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 BFF, uh, Nechev, told me all about it. I kind of would picture it almost being, like, her affection for Picard, though. <laughs> like, she thinks of Nechev oh, yeah. as a sister, Nechev and Nechev would be just like, like... Get me out of this. Get me away this from this. Please, stop. Poor Luxana. I'd hang out with her. I love her. She'd give you candy. I'd be all about it. I like candy. I can't deny but I also like, you know, naked hot tub parties. So we would we would do well together, I think. Yeah. No, I liked Majel this episode. Like, I liked... Like, she was normally, just underused. Hmm? She was just underused. Yeah, I mean, she was underused. And it was, you like, in the episode itself was really stupid and dumb. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this wasn't uh, a, she a, was a, fine. a Luoxana episode so much as it was an episode with Luoxana in it. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like she's yeah, all... Like she, 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 she shines when she's kind of more the central element in the episode and it also has to be a good episode so yeah yeah no like you could have literally swapped her out with some kind of weird space disease or any other betazoid or the naked time again it's like it's just the naked time all over again yeah or any other generic like psionic abilities species and you know when you can swap swaps her out that easily, it's just like you didn't use her right then. No, it was too bad. Yeah, and they don't tie anything up. Like <clears throat> Jake has now confessed his love to Kira, and that's a thing he's going to have to deal with. Well, but I mean, they're all going to have to deal with it, and they a talk lot, about yeah. that in the conclusion. The thing that fucking drove me crazy was he kept calling her Nerese, yeah, over and over again. And when he said it to to Cisco, and he didn't say anything immediately, I was like, guys, she he can't call her Nerese. And then finally, after the third time, Cisco's like, stop calling her Nerese, and I was like, thank <laughs> you, Jesus. I'm like, come on, Benjamin, I know you raised him right for Christ's sakes. That's that can't be. See, here's the thing. I feel like this is just once everyone's better, they have a meeting where they just go. So we're all going to never talk about this ever again. Right. And everyone goes, yes, yeah, I think that's and that's it. That's especially, especially Kira and Bashir, because they certainly plowed. Well, no, it sounds like, well, I mean, maybe. Right. Because Cisco's kind of like, maybe don't. But I feel like as soon as he left, Bashir was like, fuck that. Going to go yeah. get that. Going to go get that Bajoran poon. Woo-hoo. Cut myself a piece of that Bajor pie. See, they they should have cut whatever. I hate myself. I, sorry. <laughs> I, I want to mm, see. Pie. I want to see the scene where she ends up wrangling, uh, where Luxana ends up wrangling Julian as well, because she she for a while has both Odo and Julian on her arms. I'm like, how did that happen? I want to know more about that. Fuck whatever's actually happening. I want to see the scene where she drags him along, and he's like, oh, Madam Ambassador. Uh, Yep. Do you want to see that yeah. scene? I mean, it's better than most of this episode. It's probably <laughs> true. But even Waxana more to do. I don't know. Odo Odo attempting what he thinks is dancing was <laughs> very goddamn I'm cute. I'm not dancing, I'm swaying. <laughs> that yes, was he's, good. He's I'll doing, admit that. He's was doing good. an impression of what he thinks humanoids do. Well, I wasn't, I also, 
uh, you first. I also wasn't sure if he was dancing so much as she was just swinging him around like a limp rag doll. No, this is before she even joined. He was in the corner next to yeah, all the kind musicians of... doing a little bob. He's watched a lot of white guys dance. It's true. I think he's also turning a little bit into Niles Crane because every time Kira walks by and he gets all flustered, it's like, oh no. Is this what we're going with now? <laughs> exactly. He had a great little grumble at some point in the episode, but I forget when exactly. Was it when he walked in on Kira and Julian half inside each other? Oh, God. When he was like, <laughs> no, to Julian. No, no, it was a little one. It was oh, like a... What's Garrett going to think? It was in reference to. Garrick probably would join in. I feel like Garrick is definitely not straight, but he's probably kind of, you know... Omni. He's omnisexual. Yeah, omnisexual. Omnisexual and omnidirectional, my friend. (laughs) (laughs) So he probably would just either masturbate or join in. I heard he just likes to spoon. (laughs) (laughs) On that note. (laughs) Yes. Well, kids, spooning leads to forking. And whatever episodes we just watched this week leads to Past Tense Parts 1 and 2. If you like what you heard and you want to see more, you should definitely give us a follow. You can find A Star to Steer Her By, where all fine podcasts are sold. We're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Uh, You can also find us on Facebook by searching A Star to Steer Her By. We are on Tumblr and Twitter at SSHBpodcast. You can find us at sshbpodcast.com, which is our website slash just a redirect to Tumblr, but someday there might be something interesting there. Why don't we include this every week that we don't, that our website is actually bullshit? I don't know, because it's, I don't know. At this point, it's like a gag, isn't it? Is it? It makes me feel bad. Oh, well, I don't know. Build the website. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I mean, you can cut it if you want. I don't care. I'm just doing it because it's what I always do. Sorry, Caitlin. This is what happens. You start doing the outros, and over time, people just start giving you shit. I feel like it Sound di- clown. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like you kind of got it more immediately, though, Jake, so I'm sorry about that. Well, I'm happy to take it over hand, from though, you, if you if you don't want to do it anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll do no, the No, I like to do no. it. I like doing it. Um, though, I uh, wanted to know before we wrap up, Jake, how did it feel to be interrupted on a level that Ames is well acquainted with today? What? What do you mean? You were you were interrupted many times, and all I could think was, "Poor Ames." That's Ames every fucking week. Oh no, I think it's because his his sound is a little different, so we can, I couldn't hear you as well this week. You can't hear me. I can, no, hear, we you can fine. hear you. No. I just felt like all of us cut you off a lot this week, and I felt it's a, a little I, I felt a little yeah. bad, and also felt a little bit like it was justice for Ames. No, well, I didn't even know. I didn't even notice. So sign. now I feel less bad oh. about doing it to Ames. Thanks, Caitlin. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Uh, yeah, so, uh, yeah, find us on those places. Check us out next week when we talk about Past Tense, Part 1 and 2. And that's it. I have been Caitlin. I have been Jake. This has been Chris. And this is always Ames. Rule of Acquisition 312, never rub another man's rhubarb. I don't like Chris. (laughs) Ouch. (laughs)